You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. And it's taking us through the first two chapters in the book of Acts. And I want to share uh, a message today on the power of prayer. How we should be sharing our prayers. I don't know if you know this, but there are over 600 different occasions and references to prayer in the Bible. Whether they are prayer of, a prayer of praise or a prayer of petition where you write out a prayer, or a prayer of intercession where you stand in the gap for someone, or maybe it's a prayer of supplication where you earnestly seek God. Prayer, supplication, you kind of narrow it down. You, you just, uh, uh, when you say, I pray, it's general. Supplication means you narrow it down. I'm praying specifically for this individual because of this problem, because of this situation, because of this circumstance, that supplication. It's a prayer of faith where you just say, Lord, I'm believing that you're going to do something great. Maybe it's a prayer of declaration where you declare that the Lord is greater than your problem. Anyone ever done that? Lord, I declare that you're bigger than, than my problem. Or maybe it's a prayer of worship where you come before God and you say, Lord, I worship you. You're worthy to be praised. There's nothing greater than you. No vehicle, no, no house, no, no job that's greater than you. I worship you. Or it might be a prayer of consecration. Consecration is the action of declaring something or setting yourself apart. Sometimes we fast. We consecrate ourselves. We, we, we put ourselves outside of the norm to seek the Lord. And those things are very important. Jesus taught his disciples the importance of praying. He modeled prayer. In fact, if you look at the scriptures, if you see Jesus, he prayed more than anybody. He came and put his dependency on the, on the Father. He said, I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of my Father who sent me. And so it teaches us that, that, that it's important for us to pray. In fact, when Christ reiterated to the disciples that there was going to be the promise of God, which is the Holy Spirit. We all got that down, right? The Holy Spirit. Let me touch on the Holy Spirit real quick. The Holy Spirit, I said this, I'm going to say it again. The Holy, Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity, the triune God that we serve, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the promise of, before he, he said you're going to receive the promise of God, and before, when you receive him, he said you're going to receive power. The, the amazing thing to me is that before these things occurred, he told them what we're going to study today. He said, I want for you to go and pray. Prayer does something to us. Prayer. Prayer makes us lean on the Father. When we pray, it, 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 it kind of catapults us into faith in the Father. Have you ever thought, why do I have to pray? God knows everything. When you pray, you begin to lean and trust in the Father. You trust in the God that is going to guide you and direct you in your steps. So let's go to Acts 1, 
We're going to read verses 12, and, uh, 12 through 14. If you have your Bible, you can go there. If you don't, it'll be on the, it'll be on the wall. Why don't you take out your, uh, your handouts right now if you don't have them out? And then there's also a prayer card that I want you to take out, if you will. But let me pray over the, over the message. Father, thank you for every person here. As always, I say, Lord, more than, more than every person, thank you that you're here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to guide and direct. I pray that you uh, enable me to speak in a way that's going to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Pray that my words will be clear, that they will be uh, very understandable, that your message will be understandable. And uh, just open hearts and minds and clarity in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So verse 12 says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of about a half a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. So the upstairs room is called the what? The upper room? Anyone ever heard about the upper room? They were, now think about it. So all the disciples were able, able to go to an upper room. That means at least 11, right? At least 11. Someone say amen. Where was Judas? Judas was no more, right? But then they've got Matthias. We're going to see where they find Matthias. They bring him into the, into the picture. Um, but if you think about it, for that area, for Palestine at that, at, that at that time, to fit that many people in a room meant that that was a mansion. That was a big house. So whoever owned that house was affluent. Amen? Can we say, yeah, it makes sense. And so most people say that was probably Mary. That was not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary, who was the mother of John Mark. We see that in other places in the Bible. But anyways, that's just a, just put that in your pocket, okay? We're going to be talking about prayer. But just, so we, we find that out. Now, here are the names of those who were present. Peter and John and James and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, the Simon the Zealot. And Judas, who was the son of James. And they all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Now, that's interesting to me because it says that Jesus' brothers, he had brothers, by the way, that Jesus' brothers, when he was going to the cross, they all were very skeptical of Jesus. Now, after he went to the cross, God was moving in their hearts. Now he's a part of the, of, the, of, the, of the people that are going to be there to pray. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Now, Jesus had already said the Father's going to give you the promise and he's going to give you power. But before this happens, he says, I want you to pray. And what they began to do is seek the Lord earnestly. And what it teaches us is that all of us should seek the Lord earnestly. Before we receive the promise, before we receive the power of God, we should seek the Lord for his direction. Amen? So I thought about five prayers, five prayers that we can share that make a big difference. The first prayer that we can share, we can share a prayer of salvation. God is waiting for us to cry out to him and to reach out to him because we need him to save us. The prophet Zephaniah wrote this. He said, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will, say it with me, who will save. 
And when he saves, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. God cares very deeply about each one of us. There is no person sitting in this place that is unimportant to God. You are the apple in his eye. The disciples who met at the upper room were imperfect men, and Jesus constantly saved people who were not considered worthy by the religious leaders. Here's the thing. These fishermen, these, uh, some prostitutes, some tax collectors, these people were insignificant to the religious people, but they were very significant to God. And the most important thing was he wanted to save them of their sins. Do yourself a favor and express your need of his salvation today. If you're in here and you've never said, God, save me, do yourself a favor and express your need of his salvation. Jesus said this. He said, the son of man, he came to seek. He's looking because he wants to save those who are lost. And anyone that doesn't have Jesus Christ in their life is lost. Every one of us who were walking outside of Christ, it doesn't matter how well we did financially, doesn't matter how well we did uh, uh, as far as um, in, 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 uh, with people, all these different things in your vocation, whatever it was, with, without Jesus, we are all lost. God cares deeply about you, but he also cares very deeply about every person in our community. He cares about our sons and our daughters who are in a bad place. Or he cares about your neighbor that might drive you bonkers sometime. Anyone have a neighbor like that? God cares about the people that others don't care about. God, he really loves it. Now, check this out. He really loves it when we bring these people to him and share a prayer for them. Because he's mighty to save. We need to know that God doesn't want any person to perish. That's not God's intent. Rick brought something up last week. He, he, in Romans chapter 2, he said, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not his wrath. It's not his wrath. It's not his judgment. You know what brings us to God? How good he is. How much he loves us, and people need to know that. In fact, uh, 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as people may think. No, he's very patient. He, he, he's for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to turn around. He wants everyone to turn around from their life independently of him and come back to him. That's all repentance means. Repentance just means we're walking away from God, make a 180, and come back to God. But we have to pray for people. So that they can be saved. They just don't get saved. And sometimes our words, they, it, it seems like they don't, they, they're not really doing that much. We have to fertilize their souls, the soil of their souls. We have to begin to cultivate it through prayer so that God will work and nudge their hearts. I tell people, I said, you know, God even gives us faith. When I got saved, there were, there were many of my friends around me. When I started questioning, God, are you there? None of them were saying, you know, where is God or asking those questions. God gave me a nudge of faith. He gave me, I began to question God. Someone was praying for me. 
Someone was asking God to save my soul. And you have to think that about your neighbors as well. The second thing, we share a prayer. The the second thing that will, will make a difference is we share a prayer of praise. Can I tell you what will change your life forever? If you live a life of praise. If you spend more time praising, you'll spend less time being pessimistic. And vice versa, if you spend more time being pessimistic and negative, you'll spend a lot less time praising and being positive. You know, you know what our flesh nature is? We want to tell people how bad they are. We want to tell people how wrong they are. We want to tell them about their problems. We want to correct them before we ever say, you know what, you've got some good things. You've got some good qualities. This week, take an action step and share a prayer of praise. It'll change our attitude. It'll change our lives. It will change your relationships and your outlook on life. Can I I tell you something that's important for us to grasp? God wants to hear praise before he hears problems. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy or hallowed be your name. Jesus, when you know this, Jesus says, when the disciples said, teach, teach me to pray, Jesus didn't say, okay, go to him and tell him all your problems. He said, no, pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, you're way above us. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, it's all about you. We want to praise you. We want to give you glory. Can I tell you, we don't, can I tell you why we don't start with our problems? I'll tell you a secret. God already knows your problems. He already, before you ever say anything, he knows, he knows where your sons are at. He knows where your daughters are at. He knows what the situations that are going on. He knows all that. The psalmist helps us out. The, the psalmist wrote this. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I will fear no one. The Lord protects me from all danger. I will never be afraid. How many of us need that? I will never be afraid because there's things that we fear. In times of trouble, he will shelter me. He will keep me safe in his temple and make me secure on a high rock. So I will triumph over my enemies around me with shouts of what? With shouts of joy. Yeah, with shouts of joy. Not shouts of complaining, but shouts of joy. He goes on and says, I will offer sacrifices in the temple and I will sing and I will praise the Lord. Hannah. She prayed this way. Then Hannah prayed, my heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I will have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. How many of us have ever approached God in that way? It's a wonderful way to approach God. You you have a problem. You have a circumstance. God knows that. Go to him and say, Lord God, I love you. You're worthy of praise. My enemy will not win. My enemy will not win. Christians are taught to take on this attitude in prayer. He said, the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, anxiety is going to come at us, but you say, you know what? I'm not going to receive that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with 
With what? With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Ain't that amazing? We pray about everything. Don't be anxious about nothing. But when you pray, have thankful hearts. Lord, I know this situation looks bad, but you're greater. And I can thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that you'll sustain me. No matter what, you're going to be with me. Say this with me. Let's all say this together. Because we're going to make it a declaration for this week. God, thank you for being in control of my life and my circumstances. I willingly choose to praise you today before I choose to complain or be negative in Jesus' name. Every day this week, let's do that. Let's make this declaration. The third prayer that you can share that will make a difference is we can share a prayer of hope. There are two very important things about our walk with Jesus. And the first thing that that is very important is that we are not helpless. We have a helper. We have someone that stays with us. He will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He will not abandon us. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And the second thing is vital for us to understand when you walk with Jesus is you're not hopeless. You're not helpless and you're not hopeless. There will never be a situation where there is not hope as long as God is on the throne. There will never be a situation that I go through where there is no hope as long as God is on the throne. And I have a secret for you and for me. God is always on the throne. Doesn't matter what we face, we'll never be hopeless. God calls us to share a prayer of hope. To share with him where you feel hopeless and then we declare that he's bigger than your feelings. Anytime that we trust our feelings more than the truth of God, we'll be led astray. That's where hopelessness comes, right? I, don't, I feel like if things are just going to go horrible, I, look at what I'm going through. I just feel, I feel anxious. I feel scared. I feel, okay, those are feelings, okay? But the truth is, is God is with you. The truth is, is God's not going to leave you. The truth is, it doesn't matter what your, what, your, what your circumstance looks like. That is going to pass. God will never pass. He'll be true to the end. The psalmist, he said this, O oh Lord, you alone are my hope. And then he goes on, he says, I've trusted you from childhood. And what I love about that is since our infancy in faith, because all of us, when we come to Christ, we, we are what? We're born, we're what? Born a, we're born again. So we have, a, we have a birth date. Benny's always celebrating his birth date in the Lord. He says, it's my birthday. And I came to Christ. All of us have a birthday. And so from our infancy in Christ, our hope is in God. Because outside of Christ, our hope was in everything else. And it left us in despair. So we have an ability to hope in the living God in what we're going through. Say this with me. Oh, Lord, 
You alone are my hope. My bank account may fail me, but God will not. My spouse may fail me, but God will not. My health may fail me, but God will not. My emotions may overtake me, but God will give me peace. My friends may abandon me, but God will not. Say this with me. O Lord, you alone are my hope. The fourth prayer that you can share that will make a big difference is we can share a prayer of deliverance. One of the most important things for us to know is that only God can break the chains that keep people bound. We serve a God of deliverance, whether that is emotional turmoil and bondage, whether that's an addiction to a substance, whether it's sexual bondage, whether it's an unhealthy love of money, whether it's irrational fear and anxiety, every single one of us, there's not a person sitting here and there's not a person standing up here and not a person that was singing to us today that is not in some way being pulled by something. Everything in life wants to bring us into bondage, right? But we serve a deliverer. We serve a conqueror. We serve a God that is bigger than the chains that try to keep us bound. And he breaks the chains through Christ. There's a place in, um, there's a place in the scriptures where Jesus was coming back and his disciples were trying to cast out a demon of a, a young boy who was, who was in bondage. And they couldn't do it. So Jesus comes on the scene and we read this in verse 26 of, um, I think it's Mark. Uh, I don't even got the chapter and verse here, but it's, we'll get that. Uh, it says this, Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and, and left him. The boy appeared to be dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, and he helped him to his feet, and he stood up. So Jesus freed him of this bondage. And then it says, afterward, verse 28, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied to them, and this, is, this always stands out to me. He said, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. You see, there are people in our lives, and maybe even we ourselves, we've gone through some, some things and we're in bondage to something. Sometimes it's prayer that'll break the chains. And those individuals in our lives, when we, we want to make a difference in those, and in, in maybe some of our children, maybe some of our friends or families. I, I've got some friends whom I love so much. I got some, some, some family members that I love so much. Some of them, I, never would, um, I would never dream that they would get hooked on meth or that I never dreamed that they would be in a place of addiction. I never dreamt that they would get to that place, but they're there. And I understand that it's only by God's grace that I'm not there. And so my, the best thing I can do for them is not to tell them how bad they are, how wrong they are. They know all that. 
They know that when they don't have their families anymore. They know that when they've lost their kids. They know all this thing. The greatest thing that I can do is pray that God will break the chains. You want to make a difference in someone's life. You allow that to happen. The fifth prayer that you and I can share that will make a difference is we share a prayer for every decision that we're going to make. We share a prayer for every decision that we're going to make. One of the worst habits that we get into is that we pray after our decisions turn into a mess. Anyone ever done that? Right? You, you have a decision in front of you, and we have them daily, right? Every day we have to make decisions constantly. I'm going to go to the store. I'm not going to go to the store. I'm going to go help a friend. I'm not going to help a friend. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do that. We have to, but usually when we're making decisions, we don't pray, right? We don't pray. And then when, it, when things go wrong, then we're like, oh, God, help me. So one of the greatest habits we can get into is pray with every decision that we have in our lives. A good way to approach your daily decisions is through prayer and always asking for clarity. A good way to approach your daily decisions through prayer is to always seek for clarity. Lord, give me clarity. One of the things, I I don't know if you know this, but one of the things I pray before I bring any message is I say, Lord, let me speak very, what? Clearly. I, I, I hate it when people leave saying, what did he say? What did he mean by that? You know, I don't think Jesus, I don't think Jesus spoke in a way, uh, he always explained things to his disciples. He said, this is what this means. I want you to understand what this means. He spoke in parables, but he always wants clarity. So always seek for clarity. The Bible in Proverbs 2, 3, and 5, it says this. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, that's prayer. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom, okay? When you, when you seek God for clarity, you will understand the fear of the Lord, and then you'll find the what? The knowledge of God. Isn't that cool? I mean, we can, we can live our life in our own knowledge, or we can live our life in the knowledge of the Most High. We can live our lives thinking, you know, I think this decision may work, or we can say, Lord God, let me go by what your word says, and I'm going to trust that. And the word of God will never return void. It will always, it will always do its work. So always, always seek the Lord for clarity. Here's some action steps, okay? Here's some action steps. First of all, Take your prayer card out. There's a prayer card in your, uh, in your bulletin. Show it to me real quick, the prayer card. Yeah, that's your prayer card. List three people. Right now, I'll give you a little bit of time. And I wish I had a little bit of music playing so we could have the three people music. <clears throat> Take your prayer card and list three people or more in your circle of influence who need salvation and Jesus. Now, here, here's the thing. I'm going to say something. There has never been a time in my life, this is true, that I have not listed people down that God has not answered. I have listed my neighbors down on a prayer card. 
I have lifted people that I never thought I would even come into contact with on a prayer card, people in, the, in, in my neighborhood. God brings us together and we start to talk. List the people in your, God will give you who they are. List the people in your circle of influence who need salvation and who need Jesus. I've got three right now who I'm, who I'm praying for, I'm thinking about right now, okay? And this is what we do. Number two, action step number two. You begin to pray for them daily. A simple prayer like, God, you are mighty to save, and I bring each of these individuals, and you name them aloud, I bring them to you, and I ask for you to move in their heart. Bring them to a place where they acknowledge their need for Jesus Christ. Notice how you're giving it to God. Notice how you're saying, I I can't do it. I can't make them change. That grandson, that son, that daughter, you can't make them change. But if you bring them to God, he can. And Okay, so, so let's go back to the prayer. So I'm taking a step of faith by choosing to be used as your vessel to pray for them. All of us can pray, right? To pray for them, to share my story with them if they ask me. In other words, don't force yourself. Or to bring them to a Sunday worship experience or small group. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let me tell you something. When you begin to pray for them, they will start asking you about church. They will start asking you about a small group. If you're not in a small group, you need to be in a small group because that's less threatening for them. Why do we go to a small group? It's less threatening for them. And you, you let's say, man, this is awesome. These people are awesome. And they will start asking to go. Okay? And then number three. Look for an opportune time to invite and bring each of these to Sunday to a Sunday worship experience or to a small group. And number four is very important. Number four is very important. Leave the results to God. Sometimes we get frustrated. Oh, he's not listening. She's not listening. Don't worry about that. Leave the results to God. He is always faithful. And he loves it when we partner with him through prayer. Think about Jesus. He had these disciples. They were knuckleheads like us. And he prayed for them daily. We just pray for people daily. Let's bow our heads. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, this is the greatest thing you could ever do the greatest thing you could ever do and and, um, so you I want you to pray this prayer with me God I am uh, I'm, I'm tired I'm tired of trying to live my life without you so today I know that I need a savior I need a helper I need a source of hope and I know that this savior is Jesus Christ so I open up my heart and my life to him by confessing that he died for all of my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. So I choose to follow him in the fellowship of the church, and I choose to share him with my world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
If you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're, if you're making a, a decision to come back to Christ, put it on your connection card. Let us rejoice with you. And what we're going to do to close the services, we're going to worship him. And the praise team has prepared two songs for us to just go before the Lord and worship him because he's worthy. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.